episode number 52 of the New York Painters podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Luca and Brett. And today, yeah, we're going to talk about the seven-game winning streak, heel injury, which is very unfortunate. A uh, bit of a gut retro right there. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention before we get to it is to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. Uh, recommend it. You get a lot of uh, games, NHL games, uh, all sports games and such. Uh, as well as my apologies for the transition here. It was 1130 at night. So forgive me for that. Uh, kind of messed up on the transition here. But, you know, uh, excuse me for that. And as well as you get a little inside of Luca's reaction to the Giants game during this episode. Uh, again, apologies for a bit, a few mistakes here in the episode uh, was, you know, 1130, 12 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get to it. And we are back. Luca, Brett. Wow, uh, game seven. I'm sorry, not game seven. Seven games in a row. Wait, hold on. Let me start that. Let me start that over. Hold on. We're keeping that. Just fucking roll into it. We're keeping God it. Damn, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm losing my mind. Like for listeners here, like we, we, I've been trying for the past like what is it, 20 minutes to try to figure out uh, my audio settings, and uh, I'm just, I'm just a mess right now. It's not, it's not great. Um. Yeah, so guys, how's it going? Seven wins in a row. Um, well, I know you're you're pent up right now. You, you want to say something? You're yeah. coming in hot. Let him let him go hot. I think right away. Let him cook. Yeah. Yeah. So I I need to. So obviously today's a football Sunday. Uh, I placed a few bets, and I had a, a pretty pretty intense five way parlay going. Uh, bet the over in the Chiefs Texans game. That hit. I bet that Kirill Kaprizov would score a goal. He scored the first goal of the game. Uh, Giants just fucking got a fumble recovery. Let's fucking go. Um, I bet the over in the Bengals-Bucks game. That hit late in the fourth quarter. I bet that Kako would score a goal. That hit. Now, if you're doing some math, that's four out of five. Do you want to know what the last fucking game I needed to hit was? It was a Hito goal. The Patriots oh. game against the fucking Raiders. That fucking ridiculous play. <laughs> Do you want to know how much money that play cost me? I, uh, I mean, the, I, the, bet, the, the, the bet the bet was fifty. I was I was standing to win two thousand five hundred and fifty five dollars. Oh gosh! Wow, that's off it's... of that one bonehead play by Jacoby Myers. Yep. So Boy, that's losing what a parley like that, it, it 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 hurts. It really hurts. Oh, I, 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 I had a I, I had a game last year uh, where I had, an, had a ridiculous. <clears throat> I think it was I think it was a one game single game parlay for five uh, five leg parlay, and I hit everything. And all I needed to do was I needed Dallas just to close out the wind against the uh, win against the Blues. And the Blues managed to score two goals in the last 55 seconds. And I was about, I, I was like, I was already, I already spent the money in my mind. It was already done and gone. And I couldn't believe it just evaporated because they couldn't close out the win. I, I've, oh, yeah. I've never been that fond of the Stars, but I'm holding it against them still to this day. I hate them with a passion. Oh, no. It's like I'm holding this so, like, in my, like, I didn't really hate the Patriots that much. I'm a Giants fan. So, like, the Giants have beaten the Patriots, you know, in the Super Bowl. So, like, I'm pretty calm about the Patriots. I'm not a Jet fan. Jets hate them so much. I yep. hate the Patriots now. I hate Bill Belichick. I hate Jacoby Myers. Yeah, have you ever seen Jacoby Myers out in the wild? You have to just walk up and deck him. 
No, I'm just going to go up to him and be like, you owe me $2,555. Wait, wasn't there something in hockey that someone was about to win and the guy actually, the player actually tweeted on Twitter that like DM me for the money? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I did see that. Well, who was that? I don't know what it was. I feel like I heard that. I, I I think I heard that somewhere. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's it's pretty funny since I'm a little pissed off. Jake's a little pissed off. You know, yeah, you know what? Screw this. Okay, you know, I had audio problems. All right, that cost us like 30 minutes. I, I was, you know, driven nuts by that. Hedo, who start, who's figuring it out. Um, I know. Gets, you know every like, time Hedo, every time Hedo gets going, he gets fucking hurt. It's just the nature of the fucking universe. It's it's the universe gave him the fat middle finger. Is what happened. I I mean, also also it was. A piece of shit hit like it was completely oh, of late. It was, it, was it was late. It was it was stupid. Late and high too. It, it yeah. was yeah. I mean, I like think you saw that hit goal. Concussion. The three, the three on two. Uh-huh. That was gorgeous. Yeah. No, I know. I know. The problem is though, for is one, that for one didn't overpass it. Yeah. No. The thing is that he has concussion history, right? Yeah. Um. It, he's gonna. I would not be shocked if he's out for like three, four weeks. Uh, no, yeah, gotta, just, I, hope not. I would say he's probably out like a week, a week to 10 days. Yeah, yeah. probably like maybe like after New Year's. I, I, I hope so. But honestly, with head injuries, man, you, you it, it's so hard to predict. Like you can get oh, end up with a, you can impossible. end up with brain fog that can just go on for weeks and weeks. It's, it's, oh, no, I, I, I mean, I completely know. I, I mean, I've had plenty. I've had my fair share of concussions. Um, I've had a few yeah, so it, I mean, the thing with Heedle though, it's like, yeah, you say concussion issues. He's had more like weird, like upper body injuries, which are like, I like wrist. He had injury. a wrist injury that sidelined him, I think, for a month and a half. A while, and, and that was after that. Like it was like a mini Forsberg goal. I remember that was the COVID season, right? Like the mini COVID season. Uh, he's, he, I yeah. feel like it's happened more than once. That's why it's, I, I can't really pin it down to what season it happened. The the wrist was during that shortened season, though. I'm it pretty was. sure about that. Yeah, yeah I remember because sure. he had that like mini Forsberg goal, and that was yep. that was like amazing. And and it's also real frustrating because the kids in the past seven games have combined for 18 points. They, yeah. they, they're showing up, and and it's just like okay, we we're going now. And then like this Come injury on. is just so gut wrenching. Um, late hit should have been called right away. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's funny how we're like, we're talking now and we talked all two weeks ago and we we're talking about Gallant's job security and we just lost to Chicago. We were, you know, they scored three quick goals and now two weeks later, seven game winning streak for us. And we just blew them out of the water. Yep. Um, do you and guys- I love how it's becoming like after like the AT after Truba threw his helmet thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, oh, fuck. <laughs> you lost another? No, I'm, I'm watching the Giant game. Okay, so basically, I mean, what do we think the Lions are going to be without Hedl? I mean... Well, that's 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 the one that, that is, and I, and I hate to even call this a silver lining in any way, shape, or form, because Hedl going down is nothing but bad, and I just want to say that at the top of what I'm about to say. But the silver lining of that is that means that, good, that, that Goodrow has to line up in center, which means the right wing is open, and I see no better person to take the opportunity than Vitaly Kratzoff right now, and maybe he That's finally a very, gets a very, very good point. That's a really good point. 
That's the only, I mean, it's the only thing I can take to console myself right now because Heedle is, is, I mean, he's one of my boys really. And I've, I've been in love with this game for forever and, and so frustrated by it too, watching him, you know, generate so much offense for a long time now and not be able to finish. And now he's actually really being able to finish and looks like he's really taking that next step in his game. To watch him go down is just heartbreaking, but it's also heartbreaking for me watching a player like Vitaly Kratsov, which every time I think at the beginning of the first couple of games in the beginning of the season before he got hurt, he looked a little out of his depth and like he was getting warmed back up to it. But uh, more recently, at least when he's played, man, he's been good and he's noticeable. He's making good plays. And so I love seeing him get rewarded with a good goal tonight. Um, but I just, you know, like every, all the other kids, I want to see him get a chance. And so maybe that's the one thing to, to be okay with or to console yourself with is maybe Kratzoff actually gets a slot in. Because um, he's been doing well with, you know, with our fourth line, yet alone what he might be able to do with some actual real playmakers with him. I No, I actually really love that idea because I really never – I haven't thought too much about who would be – how the replacement lines would go and all that yet. But I do kind of love that. You could probably, you know, move Goudreau in, in, in between Kreider uh, and VC, and that could kind of get, or Kreider and uh, would it be Kreider and VC? I don't know. Yeah, I even like the Kreider whatever, true track VC line. I actually, I actually have been loving that line. You're right. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would. Yeah, I don't necessarily want Goudreau to like center Kako and and Loff. Per se, no. uh, you know, but then like, you don't, put I don't the know. Control. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if that's exactly who I want to be the pivot on that, you know, but I do love the idea of, you know, moving Goudreau to center on one of the top three lines. And then you have to move uh, Krasov up. Um, I do like that idea of giving him more of an extended look, um, but you know, an extended look in Gallant's, uh, timetable might be like five shifts um, yeah uh, who know, who knows you know he it's it's funny you know i you, you you turn on a game late maybe like five minutes and you're like they, they already changed the lines like what the hell happened it, it's it's frustrating because you know they don't give them a lot of you know leg room and it, it's just like grabs up how many games does grabs played? like every single game like when he started to play consistently he's gotten better and better and better and then, yeah, like when Krafts, yeah. when Gallant mentioned uh, last week, he's like, "Yeah, I, I envision our perfect lines." He kind of hinted at Krafts up top. He's like, "I don't think he's ready for that yet." I, I don't know what you think, but him on the fourth line is not exactly gonna help him. You, you could say maybe on the third line, then I might agree with you there. But fourth line, he's not getting any minutes, and he's playing with either on a random given night, either one of uh, Blay, um, Gauthier, like Brzezinski. you know. Brzezinski, yeah. you know, it, it's not it's not going to help his game. And I, I know people are saying, well, hey, look at that uh, Philadelphia game. Goudreau had an amazing game. Yeah, Goudreau won in every 25 games, has a Gretzky level game. And then the rest of them, he's just, you know, he's not consistent. He has stone hands. And, and that's not like, I'm not trying to knock on him. It's just like, he's a great player for what he's meant to be. It, and that's not it. He's not an offensive player. He's a guy no. who's your 4C or maybe third line player who will shut down the opposition. And you can't do that on this first or second line, because you've got to hurt the other offensive players. It, it's it's just, you know. Um, Look, Goudreau is, like, the quintessential third-line, like, player. Like, he's he really is, like, the traditional, like, checking line, like, forward. You know what I mean? Like, that is, like, like you know, if you go back into, like, what, you know, traditionally, like, you know, you got your first line, like, your scoring line, your second line, 
uh, like still your scoring line, but not necessarily like as like potent as your first line. And then your third line generally is going to be your checking line uh, or some mixture of that. Goudreau kind of fits that mold really well. So I kind of like him being in that position, but I don't necessarily know having Lafreniere and Kako. As, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they do. Um, I, I love looking more on the – honestly, and, he, and you're right, I think he does fit that typical third-line checking line uh, kind of model, though I feel like the league is getting more away from that, and the third line is starting to get a lot more skill as well. And so to me, in, in the current what – what I conceive of as being like the current meta right now is he's more of a classic – not classic, but the new classic fourth line guy. Um, yeah. I think he's perfect there, and I and I and I love him there. I'm fine with him slotting up in an injury case like with the adults of the third line. I think that's I think he's fine with that. But yeah, and, and I can already hear. Uh, in fact, a, an, another guy from inside the rink messaged me uh, after uh, last night's game. Um, I was like, I'm like, man, you wrote that article, and Goudreau and VC just decided to go off on you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I knew people were going to message me and talk to me and like say you're wrong or blah blah blah. And I'm like, look. Goodrill making a really great pass once every five games doesn't excuse all the offensive zone possessions that just die on his stick. It, it's, it's, that doesn't excuse that. And it doesn't make that a good spot for him to be in. Um, but that's what's going to keep happening. And so sometimes, and, and I don't, I don't want to cheer against him. I don't want anyone to think I'm rooting against him to prove my take wrong. Like I would love nothing more to be wrong. And Goodrill's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to score 30 goals this year. You know, you know, like I would love that, but that, I just know that's not what's going to happen. And, but people are going to take that and extrapolate that out and say like, oh no, he does belong there, but no, he doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. Um, and that's actually the kind of worrying part of the, of this success now is that Galan's hot seat is just cooled a little bit. And I think some of the people, you know, like BC's had some had some really nice goals too, and Goodrow's had a couple of good games here as well. Um, but it worries me that that means that they think, oh, the ship has been righted. But in, in in my eyes, honestly, a lot of this is just that Chesty is back to playing in an elite form again. Um, and if he's not, if he was just playing league average, we don't have a winning streak going right now. We maybe are like 500 in these last seven games. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm. I, to me, the jury is still out, and and this next stretch is really what's gonna uh, is really what's gonna prove what this team actually is. Because right now, I'm still not convinced. I mean, yeah, like the thing is, like I'm listen, I'm thrilled about this seven game winning streak, but let's not pretend it's six, like, isn't it? Or is it, is it six yeah, it's or seven? six. No, it, seven. Is it seven. It's seven now. Anyway, it's seven now, but. Like the most frustrating yeah. is like if Hedo wasn't injured tonight and um, Gallant switched Goudreau and Kravtsov, I'd be like, all right, no complaints from me. Let's roll. There's obviously some defensive problems that they have to work on, but like with a winning streak like this, you could gain confidence. I mean, like this, you gain confidence now. All of a sudden, Trouba has back to back, you know, you know, two goals. And yes, the, that one of those plays was on him defensively on the goal. But once you gain that confidence, you're you're gonna get better and better and better. And obviously, you know whatever injury uh, Buck he's dealing with is not gonna help that. And hopefully, you know when time when the time comes, that injury will go away. Um, going back to Gallant, is there it? How bad do the Rangers have to be now for him to get fired? Because they're on a seven game winning streak. I think I I don't think that I I think that I agree with you. Like if if I think Gallant is safe for the rest of the season. I don't yeah. think that unless they unless they go on like a fifteen game losing streak, you know, I, I really don't think. And like, look, we we talk about it too. Like the Rangers don't fire coaches 
in the middle of the season, really. They haven't done it since like 2008 or some shit like that. Uh, so I just, and I also don't see Drury doing that, like well, I mean, firing his. You look at Drury, like look at Drury's perspective, right? Like we all know how he got into his position, right? It's because Dolan, right, um, was getting impatient, right? And he wanted things, mm-hmm. to, you know, they start contending, right? So if you're at Drury's perspective, again, I have no, this is just uh, trying to connect the dots here. Um, Jury probably has, you know, he probably has is rushed, right? He's probably got to get that contending team. Now, his job is probably, you know, on the line. So, what happens if you change a coach mid-season, and, and that coach, go. and yeah. that coach messes up? Jury's gone. But if Gallant screws up now this rest of the season, Jury might not might have another chance with a new coach next season, right? You got to look at it from the GM's job security. Right. It kind of makes more sense if like you're jury and say, hey, let's ride this out, you know, and if worse comes to worse, I got a second, uh, you know, I probably, you know, have a second chance next year. But if I fire Gallant now and I get maybe I don't know if the Devils would ever give them permission, but Brunette or maybe you somehow get trots. Right. And then they screw up, you know, that that kind of messes it up for yep. jury. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, wins cover all sins, you know, and, and when it comes to this sort of thing, as long as they're winning, yeah, Glant's job is safe. And I do think that it was in peril uh, before this winning streak. And and if, if we hadn't gone on this winning streak, I don't think he would have been coached. I think they would have said, we need to write the ship now. Um, and even though I, I don't want – and again, I'm very happy about the seven-game winning streak. Um, I do think that it's, it's, it's covering up some sins. Uh, and I don't think that this is necessarily the, the lineup and the structure that this team really needs to, to actually be a legitimate cup contender. But I think you're absolutely right. I don't think they change horses midstream now, unless it's just an absolute horrible tear that they go on. Um, yeah, I don't think it's likely at all that he's, I think he's probably safe until, until the off season anyway. Well, if you think about it too, like that first, the first game out of a seven game winning streak was against the Blues, I believe, right? Um, That was the Monday after. uh, Yeah, it was. Yep. Show. Uh, Sorry, Daniel Jones almost threw an interception. Uh, (laughs) That was the Monday after our last show. The game was tied, I believe, going into the third period, and the Rangers came out and won that third period. If the Rangers don't win that third period, do they fire Gallant? You know, um, but they do, and then they win the next six games, in, as well as that one game. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I don't think his, I think his job is safe now, kind of maybe for the rest of the year, because I think it would take another really dramatic downturn. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Jay. I, I get what you're saying, Jake, about like the jury and the his job security and everything. I I kind of take it from a different perspective, more so of like, I think for a general manager to fire someone after a year and a half, after he just hired him. um, I think that has more to do with it than anything about him, like trying to save his job. I think it's more of, these guys are really proud people. They don't want to admit when they're freaking wrong doing anything. Yep. Uh, you know, so I think, I, th- I think it's more of a stubbornness uh, to admit when you're wrong in something. And I'm not saying that he is wrong. I mean, so far, look, 
Gallant's been pretty good for this team. You know what I mean? Let's let's is he the best? I don't know. You know what I mean? I, it, it's we can we can talk about the negatives and positives around him all day, and I think we did that kind of two weeks ago. Um, but I'm not really sure what the reason would be uh, for jury to not do it or do it. But I don't know. I, I think you know it's all hypothetical stuff, so we can kind of go up, like back and forth all day with, with that. Um, but I'm not really sure. You know. By the way, yeah, I, um, okay. sorry, Andrew. I just want to mention one thing of this seven-game winning streak. Igor Shosturkin has only allowed one third-period goal in the seven-game winning streak. That's, yes, that's insane. He's the reason. It's a very, very big difference from the first from the uh, other games. Oh yeah, it's ma- it's massive. It's it, it, it's everything, and it's like I, and I tweeted after uh, I think it was Toronto when I was like, you know, this is great, great for VC. You know, I'm really happy for him. You know, it was a really nice goal and, you know, a good win. But I'm like, that win does not happen without – that's still Igor's win. Even though he's not going to get the first start today, he's not going to get the Broadway hat. And I know that he's the reason. And he is the reason. And he's the reason last year that we were, uh, you know, East Conference final team. Um, and if we make it back to there again, he's going to be the reason too. Because if he play, plays average, we see what this team did. And it was putting Glant in the hot seat. And it was, you know, making a lot of fans very nervous about what this team actually was. Um, and, and that's what a, an elite goaltender can do for you. And I didn't realize you going in, in, these, in this way, you only let up one third period goal. That is insane. That is actually insane. It, it's nuts. Um, I, I mean, like, really you know, like, like you said, like none of this happens without just Durkin. And I feel like that kind of covers up all the problems. That it does. They should look deeper into like, I'm thrilled there's a seven game winning streak. But you now, but the whole thing of you wanted to get Goudreau off that top line, you wanted to put Kraftsoff in there, and you still have a lot of defensive mistakes to work out. Now, obviously, once again, a streak like this, players gain confidence. Sometimes they start fixing their mistakes. And, and I, I spoke about this like over a month ago, like the mistakes they were making in the defensive zone, like 75% of them were just basic, basic stuff oh, that yeah. they have to do so it's not like you're concerned you're like okay they have to fix this because they're nhl players and this is basic stuff this is all about confidence now so once the streak goes you know those those woes will cover up um uh, they have to an extent though there are still a lot like even like for chicago yeah they they just destroyed them but there were sometimes like hey that that should not have happened those uh those plays should not have happened and but yeah you know i, I I'm, I'm sorry the a lot of this problem isn't even just the way that the team is playing or the, the how it's coached or the lineup decisions. Um, we the, the way this roster is constructed right now is is faulty because right now we have a situation where we have Ben Harper playing in our games and that but guy he's is big though, just, so that means he's good at defense. <laughs> that I mean, that's the only thing he's good at. I've never seen. I could. I. I, I honestly, he looks like me playing men's league hockey, where <laughs> I, I get the puck in my defensive zone and I quickly look up the ice real quick to see who's open, and then I'm back to looking at the puck on my stick. You saw his shot on the rush that uh, ended up a goal against. I believe it was versus Philly. He was coming up yeah. the right side. He shot it like a mile wide on the ground. It went around yeah. the boards, and then they're right back the other way. Like it's less yep. like. Just because you're big doesn't mean you're a good defenseman. I know that's a revelation no. for NHL um, GMs, but it's just like, I mean, ha- have we not learned our lesson with Dylan Mickelrap? I mean, <laughs> that's basically 
the perfect or Patrick or Patrick Nemeth or Jack Johnson or exactly. any of the other like yeah I mean Eric people Branson. love I, it yeah coaches love saying like all right we we need to fill our sixth d-man role who are we going to get it's like oh we should just have a big stay-at-home defenseman play safe reliable defense and those guys don't they're too slow to be able to keep up with the guys so guys can just walk them constantly they're not good at uh, at zone exits at all they're, you know, they have very limited vision and very little puck handling skills to be able to, you know, get out of any situations. They don't win battles on the boards very often either, because despite what a lot of people seem to think, winning battles on the boards isn't about being bigger necessarily. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people that are just really good with their stick and be able to do that. I mean, has anyone um, seen Fox? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to exactly. say Fox. Exactly, exactly. So to me, there's a structural problem still with this team. Um, imagine what this defense looks like if one of our actual four good defensemen gets injured. Lindgren, Fox, Miller actually go down. Who 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 is that? Who is that bottom pair then? And what does that actually look like? What do you mean if Fox or Lindgren go down? Yeah, right now we have, well, we have Harper in. So I we mean, have, what we have a Harper Hayek. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. What, oh, what is gonna what is gonna happen okay that is so, our reality but that's how you know what no, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold, hold on hold on hold on hold on i want to jump on one thing here lindgren is a fair uh thing to say like who replaced him but a guy like fox any team that was their number one defenseman is going to be in shambles true like, i meant more just a body right no no I, I hear what you're saying like lindgren it's a fair thing like okay who's going to replace that you know type of thing but like with fox it, it doesn't matter it's like Tampa, well, Hedman, apparently. I don't know how he's playing as of recently, but last time I checked, he was playing like crap. Um, Roman Yossi, like all these number one defensemen, you lose them. It doesn't matter who you have. But, no, I, I get your point with Cleveland. We have no depth, which is why, like, one of the things is I, I spoke to um, – dang it, I forget his, I forget his uh, full name on Twitter. Josh, uh, he's an analytics guy uh, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke to him, like, you know, looking back in history – as we've said a bunch of times on this podcast, um, it's not about getting the best players, it's about getting the right players. And it's probably best to get a depth defenseman first out of anything, because what happens if Braden Schneider or, you know, one of those guys go down, like you said, you want Ben Harper and Libor Hayek as your third pair in the playoffs versus one of Carolina or like, no man, you're screwed. I don't care if you're Miguel Shostakin. You're done for. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but Harper and Hayek sounds like an eighties <laughs> buddy. It sounds like a eighties buddy cop comedy. <laughs> like Turner and Hooch. It's like the sequel, yeah. but it's Harper. It's Harper and 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 Hayek. Hayek's the dog. Harper's the the cop. Yeah, I I, I love it. <laughs> Go with it. No, most terrifying thing I, I might I might write that script tomorrow. I don't know. I'm there feeling inspired. Yeah. Could, yeah, write that on spec. It should be good. Yeah, exactly. No, but uh, yeah, no, but going back to Brett's point, yeah, it's it's a problem. Um, and the problem is you can't solve that solution now because you have to uh keep that cap as it is, so it could you know accumulate over each and every month for the trade deadline. So you, you, yeah, your your hands are tied here. Um, it's kind of just the third pair survive until a certain point, until you know close enough to the trade deadline. Because and I was also speaking to him, Josh, that. You know, it's possible that we can do both. We could get the big player we want. We could get the depth forward, and we could get the depth defenseman. A guy he mentioned is Craig Smith, and he now carries a $1.5 million cap hit. Now, that's a lot. That's too much, right? 
Uh, he was just sent on waivers today, I believe, or he was sent yesterday and he wasn't claimed. I'm not sure. He, he I think he was waived today. Um, what they can do is Boston retains a million dollars so that now they could bring up Mike, um, Mike Riley. Jeez. Am I, am I pronouncing this right? It's too late for this man. Um, Mike Riley, am I, am I doing that? Am I, is that his name? I have no idea who the hell you're talking about, but that sounds well, like Boston a Boston defenseman. I, I don't know Boston's roster. I, I really don't. I. Oh man. Mike um, yeah, you got it. You know, you got it. Mike right, okay, yeah. so they could bring yeah. him yeah, up. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it. sounds like a person. <laughs> and, and now, like and now you have a depth forward for like what eight hundred k? Like it, it's a pretty no. That, that was just one of the things he threw at me. Um, and you know, obviously, it's a lot better than what the projected three point five million, four million we were projected to have in the beginning of the year. And now we were what like a shade over nine million. Seven. It, is it that high? The last I saw it was like it was between. I think it was like a little over seven. Oh, okay, maybe, I thought it changed because did they it? Sent maybe it did. Down. Maybe it did. I thought because they sent. Oh, Carpenter with Carpenter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think when roster. I saw before it was before. It was before. Yeah, you might be right then. Let me just make sure I'm not spewing garbage here. It did, Hold it, on. It, no, it did change. No, it's now saying seven million. What the hell? Why is okay, Cassidy? That was the last. That was the last I had heard. Okay, I don't know why Capron. But you still, it's still, it's still a good amount to play with at the deadline. Yeah, but what the hell happened? Yeah, seven points. I don't know. I'll ask Hockey Statminer tomorrow. He, he's, you know, a saint with these things. He'll, he'll let me know. No, he's the best. I love that guy. I, I literally he's ask him, "Hey, I know I'm an idiot and I don't know math. So you wanna, you wanna explain this to me?" He's like, "Yeah, absolutely. I, I pretend I, I understand." How, like, I just, I just wonder, like people's brains like that work that way it's like do, do, are they so analytical and like just like they process numbers that well in every facet of life it's i don't know it's i it's, it's i wish i could do it you know what i mean like yeah, I, I look at I that shit and i'm just like i look at that stuff and i see fucking chinese or hieroglyphics <laughs> or fucking you know i don't know what the fuck's going on so yeah no <laughs> no no i'm gonna say fuck here man yeah, shit's great. That's why we have to, you know, bring on guests that, you know, do analytics stuff. Like Rob Luker we had on last year. Um, you know, some other, you know, hopefully a uh, person that's coming on hopefully soon. Uh, yeah, that's why we bring those guys on because, or, you know, people, because they're the people that know what they're talking about. Um, I, I mean, just going around here, like, obviously you have the Ben Harper problem, right? You have the, well, the really the sixth defenseman problem. You have yep. the Goodrow top line problem, and now you're adding the Hedl thing. I mean, man, if they Hedl could have just came oh. out with that uninjured, and you know, you're talking a different story here, because now now Hedl's you know gone for who knows how long. Again, this could come out tomorrow, and we're gonna hear it tomorrow. Hey, yeah, no, he's fine, which I'm I'm totally fine with. I'll, I'll take that any day. Oh I mean, God, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Hey, listen, if this podcast episode is outdated because of that, I'm sorry, I'm taking the trade. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, t- I'm taking like that, that trade all day long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, mean, you it, know, because the thing with Hedl too is it's not even just that he's scoring well right now. Is that even before he was scoring, is that he was driving offense, and he's the kind of guy. He's one of the few people on this team that can actually carry the puck with possession into the offensive zone and actually make a play with it. I mean, literally, the only people I see consistently doing that is him and uh, and Trocheck. They're the only people that actually can carry the puck into the zone with possession. Um, and, and his, his ability with the puck, um, is just, it's, and it's only getting better. 
So it's not even just that you're losing his points and that you're losing his development as he's getting better and better. For me, the thing that just sucks right now is that he's driving a lot of offense for this team that is struggling to drive offense at even strength still at this point. He also I know it's weird to say that only, after a seven goal game, but still yeah, it's a reality. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that he also uh he brings out a maybe it's not necessarily just him bringing it out, but the three of them together uh seem to bring something out in each other. That seemed I think that they like playing with each other. Oh, uh and I didn't mean that to sound weird but they like playing on the same line together. <laughs> um, Kako, Lafin, um, I'm, I'm going to hear from Heel. Connor tomorrow, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to no, hear from him. He's going to call oh, me. He's oh, like, what the hell, man? <laughs> oh, oh, calm, oh, oh, calm down. Uh, no, they, they, no, but you know what I mean? Like you, you watch them play together and they're, they're, they just, they, they seem to be in sync. Um, and I, it's, 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 it's just, it sucks because this, as we said earlier, like this, this seems to happen all the time with Peter. Uh, he gets, he gets going. He gets that, mo- he gets that momentum going, and the momentum. Some, yeah, the momentum. Uh, if anyone, yeah, people above the age of thirty probably know what what that reference is, and, and if you don't, you don't. Um, but he, uh, he just constantly gets that, that momentum going, and and then something happens. Uh, so you know, you hope it's, it's you you hope it it was like you know nothing that bad and like he just got like really just got the wind knocked out of him and they just took him out for the rest of the game because they were up by the time they were like you can go back in. You hope that that's the case. Most likely that's not the case. Uh, but whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, we I don't know how the hell I don't know how long this 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 has been going yet, but uh, it's amazing that no one's mentioned Keandre Miller yet. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and, that, I, and that and that fucking goal. I don't know how we haven't talked. I mean, I've been tweeting about him um <laughs> the past couple of days about all his stats. <laughs> yeah, that freaking goal, man. That is something of a beauty. He almost had another gorgeous goal tonight. Yeah. He's a fucking cyborg. He I mean, he makes no sense. He's a giant defenseman who skates fast and has solid hands. That doesn't make sense. That yeah. shouldn't yeah. exist. And, and, you know, I, I expect this is honestly when, when the year began, I mean, I, I drafted him on all my fantasy leagues because I thought he was going to have a real breakout offensive year this year. And honestly, he's been he's been really quiet. And yeah, exactly. That was that was a tweet. That was a popular tweet at the beginning of the year. Um, and I kind of I, I knew Norris was not going to happen. No, but, it's just uh, that that was that was all obviously a joke. I think, but I, I think I it's going to him. another guy in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, I think. Oh, so, yeah, 100 yeah. percent. It's it, it's yeah. used to lose. I mean, you know, there's, there's probably two other players, but yeah, sorry, go. Oh yeah, no, you're fine. Uh, I think that with with Miller, he's doing, uh, he's now doing in the last few games what I expected him to do all along, and he's been kind of a status quo. Like he hasn't been necessarily bad this year, but he hasn't really been progressing either. Like he looked like he was ready, and even Vince said, "I was picking a guy to have a breakout year this year." It's Keandre Miller. He said that from camp, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I think so too." He seems like he was just. Almost every game last year, he was getting better and better and better, but he's been stagnant uh, basically all season. Until his last couple games, all of a sudden, I'm like, where has this guy been? This is amazing. I love seeing him rush the puck. Well, I love could, could it have been because his, his, um, 
His partner's been his gimpy partner's for been a while. Kind of, you know, like, like if you have to compensate for another person's faults, it, it, you know, it messes you up so bad. And yeah, because you don't I, feel good about taking the chances and joining the no. rush or, or or playing. Out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That that very well could be something that that was holding him back offensively this year. I I, I fully believe that. Okay. With that being said, he also he also did get a get off to a really I wouldn't say slow start last year, but middle of the year it was it was around the Kraken game in February, I believe, that he scored the game winning goal, and then from that point on, he really fucking took off. Yeah, he started playing uh, so, more I mean, physical, I mean, which was like yeah, the whole thing was just everything. Changed, everything yeah. came together. Yeah. Well, the whole so, thing was he was always yeah. good at stick checking, right? He was always good at that. Like even people versus I think Crosby, he had puberty. Mockins. Yeah, he is man. <laughs> he always he he was already good at stitching. Like even the elite players, he just knock it off the stick like nothing. And everyone's telling him, dude, if you're just a little bit more physical, you, you're huge. You're you're gonna be unstoppable. And I, yeah. I, after that point on, he started doing that, and the guy was a monster. Yeah, you no. Know? And it literally was like he suddenly realized, he's like, wait, I'm bigger than everyone. Why am I? Why am I? Why am I pretending like this is men's league and I can't check anybody? He's just stick checking the whole time. But yeah, once he started doing that, it was it was it was lights out. Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to look up the stats here. I, I tweeted about it a little bit. I'm trying to look up how, how many points he had. Um, he he didn't have a point tonight, right? He had like two. He didn't get like two points, or was it one? He scored seven goals, so there's quite a lot of points to go around. He did not. He did not get any points tonight. He did not get any points tonight. It's shocking as that sounds. Um, dang man! Oh, he has two goals and five assists in the past six games. Nice. That's that's pretty, pretty solid. Good. I mean, obviously, Very one of those nice. goals was against Binghamton, and I remember it being like a goal that I'm like, dude, I could stop that. But 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 but. It's still pretty solid. It shows that he he's going to the next step. He's basically showing where where we all thought he was going to be, right? Like we thought he was going to take a huge step. Everyone thought he was going to take a huge step. Obviously, with Trubo, with his injuries, went on. I don't care what his problem is. Doesn't matter because it's affecting Miller. That's why I saw kept on saying, "Dude, switch uh, Schneider and Truba. Not only are you affecting uh, the team by having Truba as a second pair, you're also affecting Miller, right? Right. So, you bring up Schneider, right? And um, and he scored again tonight. Yeah, I thought I thought um, Johnny Hockey deflected that. Not jo- okay. We we call him Johnny Hockey. He's not the actual Johnny Hockey. Johnny <laughs> I call him jo- I, I, I call him Johnny Broadway. Johnny Broadway. I like that. Johnny That's Broadway not bad. Good. Well, as I'm looking well, at the box, they're, 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 they gave Schneider the assist on that goal, so they did. They, so they did switched it. They did give it to Brodzinski. I think it hit his butt. It didn't hit his stick. <laughs> I, I, didn't hit his stick. I, it hit the defenseman. Oh, stick. they did switch. They did switch it. Okay. Okay. No, yeah, no, no, and, then it, and then it hit his butt and went in. So, yeah, it, it, so Brodzinski got the goal, but really that was a shot. Yeah, no, I thought it hit off his stick, but then I kept on looking at the NHL app. I'm like, what? No, it didn't. It definitely didn't hit his stick. I, I, I'm pretty I saw the replay. It hit the defenseman stick, hopped over his stick, and then it like just barely grazed his butt cheek and then went right in. So, I, I know we keep on talking about, you know, criticizing. But let's, you know, seven game winning streak here. I feel like I figured we end this podcast on a positive note. Uh, sure. Something I've been noticing as of late, their rushes into the offensive zone, whether it's a three on two, four on two, or a two on two, are so much better. I mean, I know it's for yeah. Chicago, but man, a few of those plays were gorgeous. 
No, like, like I feel like their their offensive play is just getting better and better and better. While their defensive play could use some work. I don't know the rushes. Um, everyone going to the you know crashing the net. I, I feel like they're starting to gain that confidence. And, and it's another the thing. The passing like, is so much better too right now. It, it is. Yeah. It, it's offensively everything is clicking. It's just if that defense can start figuring it out, Chuba get healthy, whatever he has to do, Hito comes back. Gallant realizes that Goudreau does not belong on the top line, and he actually gives Kravtsov a chance, who had a who had a really pr- pretty solid goal tonight. Um, we're we're cooking. I mean, I, I know we're, they're going to have to add uh, pieces of the trade deadline. They're not a they're not you know they're not going to be a, a contending team yet. But, oh yeah, you're you're getting there. You you really are. I mean, I mean, mo- I mean, most most teams have to add at the trade deadline. Oh, Very does. rarely, yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone does. I mean, most teams that go far and, and you know win the cup, like the Avalanche last year and, and Lightning in years past, they don't necessarily make the craziest moves. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, right it's always like it's always like the the smaller players, like whatever. The, I think was was it Manson, the defenseman from Anaheim, that it came was Manson to and like Colorado. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know what I mean? Like, in like, yeah, like, and then he's fucking in bounds. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. He's fucking 100% in bounds. Um, yeah, it, it's always the the smaller trades, not as, and I, I know, you know, Lekkinen was, was a big trade. They gave up quite a bit to get him. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking smaller names in the sense of, like, not fucking household names throughout the entire league, like Patrick Kane. Or right. If you're if you're if you're other, trying to add yeah. if you're trying to add a real star player to your roster at the deadline, you're it's probably not the right move to be making anyway. Because if you need to add that much firepower, you're probably not a true contender anyway. But the true contenders add in those couple little missing cracks, you know, those third, fourth line guys or the depth defenseman guys. And the teams that are adding those are the ones that I think are really serious about making a real push and aren't just daydreaming that they might luck themselves into a cup. I like the Rangers last year. Like the Rangers didn't go after any big names last year at the deadline. So like I know well, they couldn't even that they wanted to because he resigned in yeah. San Jose. No, and I, I know, and I, I I understand, but I'm just saying, like, think about it. Like that should be a, a blueprint as well. Like you don't necessarily need to go after Patrick Kane. Oh my well, god, I, mean, I said his one, name. Oh name my god, I said his name. That, name one team that got the big fish in the past ten years and won the cup save. From 2012, Marion Gabrick, I believe, or I'm... the the Diamondbacks when they traded for Randy. I'm Jackson. talking about hockey. I'm talking about hockey. <laughs> you know, I'm talking but about that's, that is no, but I'm I'm literally giving you the only example. I can oh, okay, okay, okay. Time ahead. That's that's the only time that right. I think like the biggest name went someplace at a trade deadline and it worked. They won the Marion Gabrick and... went at the trade deadline. Or I think it was a couple of months before. I, it doesn't matter. Like the point is the same, but I don't remember. I yeah. might, I might. The problem, just... yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. That was a while ago. Yeah, that, that was a long time ago. I don't know. Listeners are probably saying you're, you're a freaking moron. But um, yeah, no. The the thing is, right, get the right players, not the best players. And I think the Rangers, you know, like here's the thing: like teams around the league are starting to figure out the same thing. Hey, it's the depth players that win, which is going to make them more expensive at the trade deadline, right? You look at Brandon Hagel last year. How much mm. he's a third line player. How much did he get? He got a monster like Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Um what do you think uh what are what 
Brand- Hold on. I'm going to talk to my esteemed colleague for one second. What's Brandon Hagel's stat-, stat line this year? 12 goals, 14 assists. 12 goals, 14 assists. Yep. Isn't that – I'm just saying, like, that's not just a third line forward. He's no, actually playing really it, good. It's not, but for what they wanted him to be originally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted him to be the new Blake Coleman, right? But he's, he's overperforming. Right, obviously, still, didn't they have to give our two first-round picks? I think so, but I also think that, like, you you can't just think of, like, that them giving that up for for someone uh, and, like, filling a void currently. Oh, my God. Um, I think you got to also pick that. Oh, my God. I think you also got to look at the fact that you are projecting where they fit in the lineup in years to come. And I think that's what a like a good GM does, like Julian Breslau. Like they find the, the next Scudro, they find the next Coleman, they find the, it before yeah, they and, become and, expensive. And you and you know that you're gonna have to let uh, who's who's the guy that they let go to New Jersey? Plot. You you knew you had to let him go, and you know you're gonna have to slide people up in the lineup, and that's what a good GM does. They 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 mitigate their losses by already replacing those people before they leave. And they also yeah, they find the players them. before they become expensive, right? Like they let Goudreau left, they let Coleman left, and then they got other people. Now the exception is they kind of got Hagel for you know a ridiculous amount. But um, th- th- that's the thing. Like I'm thinking about a guy like Dominic Cooper. Like that guy's going to cost a fortune this year because the whole blueprint now is to get those type of players, right? And he has a solid cheap contract for the next uh, this year and next year. Now the Rangers can't really do contracts beyond this year, um, but. I'm saying is like those type of guys are going to be expensive, and and let's not pretend like the Rangers theoretically can bid on anyone, but they're not going to offer Othman, rightfully so they shouldn't, right? They're not going to offer those guys because not only is Othman valuable because he's you know what their top prospect right now, but he also has an ELC for three years. That is yep. gold right now. Or for the New York or if you really or if you really just want to say fuck it he has an elc for two years because you can possibly bring him up and burn one year and he could be your trade line trade deadline acquisition i mean after his season's over i mean i know so many fans would love that but god i just feel like that's not the right move (laughs) i'm I'm, look i'm just saying like that is a possibility it's like you know oh fuck if you find there's like no one there's no one on the market that you that you really like yeah i mean that is i i love kuzmenko but he's almost a point per player uh, point, uh, you know, geez, it's like oh, 12 o'clock at night right now. He's almost a point per game player, and you know, he's only costing what $975,000 this year, and he's going to be a UFA. The guy's got to cost a four, he, he's going to cost more than Patrick Kane if they trade him. He, he might cost more because well, are looking- also Patrick, because at, at this point, Patrick Kane is also only a at the, when they trade, if they trade him, he's only going to be like a two month rental. Well, no, Kuzmenko you know? also might be. Although, although here's the thing also with Kuzmenko is that not only are contenders going to want him, but even even those rebuilders are going to probably want to trade for him because he's not a guy that you get as rental necessarily. Yeah. He's a guy that you build with because, yes, he's 26 years old, but he's coming into the league as a point-per-game player. And, you know, everyone's going to want that. It's not like a Patrick Kane, a rental that only contending teams are going to get. So that's why I'm like, the Kuzmenko ship has sailed. You're not going to get that. So I don't know what you're going to get. I loved a few guys from Seattle, but that's not going to happen the way they're playing. So it's like, who are you going to get? Um, 
Brock yeah. Besser. Uh, well, that doesn't. Well, you, that's basically impossible with the cap. He has like a six point five million dollar cap hit for like what four more years? You think the Capitals yep. want to trade Ovechkin? <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> the G, the G, didn't I don't remember the GM or the owner just mentioned last week that uh, they're going to remain uh, in contention and they're going to try their hardest to get Ovi to break Gretzky's record. So he ain't going anywhere. Uh, he's going to break the record. Oh, 100 percent, he is. But I think he's going to do it. He's he's got to do I mean, it with he, Washington. He, he ain't going anywhere. No, I, I'm I, I'm being 100. I'm joking. I, oh, okay, I, go, go, I, go, go. No, because I've seen that on Twitter. I, so I, I, I'm just. And it's twelve o'clock at night, so you gotta. Have you? I just, I just said it because it was the biggest name I could think of that was still playing. I mean, it would be weird. Wait, who? Tarasenko. That's a name. That's that's a solid name to go after, right? He he already had a trade request. Yeah, what was like three years ago? I mean, that that makes sense. Yeah, uh, he 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 did. It was right around the the expansion draft for the the Kraken, so it was two years ago. Right. I have never have you ever seen a trade request go that long? I think he's retracted at this point. I mean well, uh, not, not that I follow not that I not that I follow the team at all. So I mean like maybe he didn't. I have no clue. But I feel like at this point, like he's playing well there. They're playing and it's done. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, I'm saying it's like not if, every right, I'm saying not every trade request is granted, you know. Oh, hundred percent. But it's like, well, it's kind of looked down upon. So you know, as the GM, you kind of want to get away from that. But it's also that people wanted like a Frank Petrano, right? A shoot first mentality. Tarasenko is basically Frank Petrano on steroids. So, I mean, Hey, everyone's happy. You know, obviously they probably have to retain. Um, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Th- here's the but, thing though. If but what do really, we, give, yeah. What do, but what do we give up? That's what, what I was what, saying though. What, what do we actually have that we are willing to give up? Because we can't give up any of the kids. Like that Are would you willing you, to give up Kravtsov for, for rental? To be honest, no, I'm not. Yeah, so I want I want I want Kravtsov. I want I want them to give him time, and I want him I want them to let them develop, and I want them to give him a couple year bridge deal so that he can prove it, and so they can keep the cap under control. I don't think this is what's going to happen, but this is what I would like because I think I think Kravtsov. They're not giving up often. I mean, Kratzov is probably the likely piece. I, I think. Uh, yeah, but, I, I think. But it's how just much? But how much value does a guy who's a who's been a healthy, who's been playing in the press box for most of the year? But, but think about it from Drury's perspective. Think about it from Drury's perspective. He's got he's got a ticking clock, so he doesn't care what's happening in a couple of years, right? He's only focusing on. I, I think. I think that you you also can't necessarily think of uh, every prospect as a piece for the future you got to think of some prospects as pieces to just move uh, oh sack him well, we uh, do also have two first round picks but, yeah so we have two first round picks this year first round pick next year you have brendan Ostman waiting to come up so it's not like they're hurting for skilled wingers in the pipeline so to speak so you know what i mean so like there is the draft picks there is kratzov there is matthew robertson um, there is Zach Jones. There is there is players they can move for other people. Uh, so you know it w- they got pretty creative last year. They only gave up the the, the biggest thing they gave up last year was the first round pick uh, and Morgan Barron. Uh, you know, and I, I know everyone loved Morgan Barron. We also but, uh, we, we also didn't we also didn't pick up Tarasenko last year either. Like Tarasenko is going to fetch a, a pretty decent haul. 
And you're right. So, I want to say we, we don't have the assets to make a trade happen. I just don't know if the, are there assets to trade that actually make sense for us to get him as a pure rental. Um, that's so, what I'm a little suspect of, I guess. I mean, obviously, oh, in, in a more closer yeah. episode trade deadline, we'll all, you know, have our spreadsheets, try to figure out what players we would want, right? Like, because it is only, well, you know, it's the middle of December right now, uh, and we got a ways to go here. But yeah, like, obviously, got to think about this stuff because, you know, I, I no one realized, no one, you know, knew that the Kraken would do this well. And there's a bunch of players on that team that, I, I mean, I would have personally loved. I would have loved Carson Saucy as your third pair of defensemen. That would have solidified it beautifully. Um I mean, there's a few players. I'm not. I'm not gonna name them all right now. But like, the the point is, like, I love that you just called him Saucy. That's his name. Susie. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was on purpose too. Actually, I was not. I like it because I I, 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 really, I do. I'm gonna call him Saucy from now on too. <laughs> yeah, Saucy. That's that's that, that's the official name on the spot. It should be named Saucy. Can we change it to Saucy? Because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's better. Saucy, yeah. I love purposely mispronouncing. <laughs> there was once I was watching Sports Center, and uh, this is back when Hobby Boulin was playing. And uh, I forget who uh, who the commentator was. He was like, and Kabibulin makes a save there, and he kept saying Kabibulin through all the highlights. And at the end, the guy was the other co-anchor was like, was like you know what? He's like, yeah, I know what it is. He's like <laughs> I know it's Hobby Boulin, but it's more fun to say Kabibulin. And so for the rest of the time that he played, I was always like Kabibulin because that's just it's, it's more fun. So yeah, he is now oh, yeah, I like Carson Saucy. It's Carson Saucy. It's Carson now. Saucy now. Right. Yep, I like yeah. it. I like it. I mean, if Seattle falls off a cliff here, which I, I don't know how they'll have. Like, listen, man, if that team somehow actually decides to develop Shane Wright the right way, no pun intended, but they're, they're going to do great. I mean, they already have Beniers, who's doing terrific. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's amazing. Like, it's it's like they fell in the on on the right track, you know? Like, because Hextall, not Hextall, the GM did so. What is Ron Francis, right? Ron Francis, yeah. Okay. Yep. He did such a bad job in the ex- expansion draft. Oh Just God! The, did he? Because no, he. This was the plan. I. I don't. I think that like you can't like grade year one without looking at year two. Because like not everyone is gonna do. I think Vegas fucked everyone's view <laughs> of yeah. what an expansion team should be. Like they fucked everyone's view up. They really did. Oh, that no, that's a fair statement. Like obviously, I'm not expecting Vegas level performance. But I'm saying is like, listen, it worked out for him in the end, but it's kind of like he tripped and fell, you know, into the right situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, it kind of seemed like a lot of things kind of worked out that weren't supposed to work out. Like, many veneers everyone thought was going to be great. I don't think anyone imagined him being this great. Um, yeah. He was a, he was number three pick in the draft, though. That, like, you, you it was know. a very weak draft, though. It was a very weak draft. No, no. Matt, uh, look, I, I, I'm a Michigan fan for everything. Matty Beniers was a fucking stud. Um, I, he, I, I actually have been on the fucking Matty Beniers bandwagon for quite some time. Um, and by me, my brother probably more than me. But fucking, uh, I, I've, I, I really have, you know, there is, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily, th- I also think like when people say it's a weak draft class and stuff like that, it's like, so it's funny, like very rarely is it a really, really overall bad draft class. Sometimes when the people say it's like a weak draft class, you just get like the third, fourth rounders or studs that pop out late, as opposed to like the top end like talent. It, well, this year is sometimes apparently like this, this year is supposed to be like the greatest fucking draft year in of history all <laughs> for all yeah. sports. For all fucking sports, yeah. They so have a know. guy, they have a guy, oh, come on, I can't remember his name right now. 
you like forget like uh, Bedard for a sec. You got Mitchkoff. You know, obviously he has a like I think a four year deal in the KHL, so he's not coming over anytime soon. That he's got to go late, and someone's got to snag him up. He's got to be like the Kaprizov situation, where he's got to come up later, and he's just going to be a stud. And, and then if you don't want that, ugh, there was a sender center. Uh, I keep on seeing these tweets from Simpson. Um, there was a center in college that apparently is going to be a stud too, like insane. Like there, there's like apparently like a bunch of first line centers in this year's draft, yeah. which is totally nuts. Um, dang it, I forget the center. Um, but yeah, th- that's why. Like, would you be cautious going into the straight deadline of get like for, for one first round pick? Fine, but you wouldn't give up that second first round pick, right? It depends on who it was for. It depends on how the team is playing at the deadline. There's so many variables that go into what I would be willing to give up. Um, depends on that player's contract going forward. Is it, is it just a rental? You know what I mean? There is a lot of different things that kind of go back and forth in that. I, I would consider it, um, but I would like to keep at least one of them, like you said. Um, if, if I got to give up two first round picks, then I possibly do one this year, one next year, but isn't next year supposed to be really good too? I, I don't know a lot. I was told, I mean, the least of all, I haven't heard it's weak. Yeah. Is next year's draft class really good too for hockey? The next two. The next two. Yeah. It's, it's not just this one. It's the next two. The first two picks already. It's Bedard and Fantilli. Yeah. Oh, Fantilli. That's, that's the center I was talking about. Yeah. Well, F- F- Fantilli's next year, right? No, this year? This year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't really care about draft, like the, the first two picks in the draft until like the actual year. So it's, it's still 2022. I don't really care yet. I know I've, I've heard Connor Bedard's name from that for the last like five years. Yeah. Yeah. I love how though, if he yeah. came, came to the Rangers, like he'd probably be Carl Hagelin 2.0, maybe. Well, also take take a look at it over the holidays, especially everyone who's listening, um, because uh, he's on the line. Bedard's on the line with uh, Brennan Othman for the yep. World Juniors, um, yeah. and then there's another. I don't know the name, but there's another. I think there's another uh, player on the in the from the Rangers pipeline uh, on on the USA team. I don't know the name. It was a draft pick from this year. I'm not entirely sure, but this is always, it's always fun. This, this is the time of the year that I start like following prospects a little bit more. And it's, it's always, I love this tournament. So it should be a lot of fun. When that actually kicks done? off. That kicks off this week. I believe it usually kicks off like New it's Year's Boxing Eve. day. No, it's boxing day. This yeah. tournament starts. Oh, yeah, it's, okay, always, yeah. it's, it's always boxing. It's the 26th. Sorry, I'm Canadian. Boxing day is the 26th, the day after Christmas. It's an actual holiday there. And it should be in America, too. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No one wants to work the day after Christmas. So no. it should just be adopted. Boxing day should be an American holiday as well. So that's when the term starts. And I agree. And it's something uh, that I always found really grating about somebody that I really love, uh, Greg Kaplan, and how much he hates the World Juniors and has no interest in the tournament. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is – this is like the next people in the NHL and you get to see them all play in one tournament. Cause when people talk about, uh, you know, the future draft class and, and what they see in these players, a lot of times I'm like, man, I don't have the time or energy to really be following a lot of these leagues and players and actually watch them. It's really difficult to do. And you really have to be invested in it. I'm glad that there's people that I know and trust that do. So I can just parrot what they say about stuff. Cause I trust what they do. Yeah. Cause I don't have the time to do that. But the one time that I do get to participate in that, 
and start to see people is the World Juniors. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I can't wait. It's always always one of the best hockey times of the year for me. I mean, like, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, but it's obviously more fun when you know have a top tier Rangers prospect in there. Like, what happens if Brendan Hoffman sure. wouldn't be there, right? Like, I remember a couple of years ago when Elias Anderson was in there, or it was Phil. Like, all these guys, it's fun to watch them, right? Elias Anderson that. threw his medal into the stands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? That was yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do. People hated him for that, and uh, you know what? I, I I honestly thought that was kind of a baller move. I'm like, you know what? This is not what I did. We, 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 we got hosed. I'm out of here. I didn't, I didn't hate it at the time, but his career has gone really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it did speak to uh, some problems, I think, that he has. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's on, definitely not on, the... Honestly, that whatever... That draft, they were, they were originally gunning for Elias Pedersen. It they were, because they didn't think Vancouver was going to take him. They were going to get Petey. I mean, that draft is so annoying because they reached so hard on Leo. Imagine if they I got Bellardi instead of Leo Sanderson. Bilardi, oh, how about this? How about Nick Suzuki? Because we could have got him instead. I, you know, the thing you got to remember here is they probably end up becoming fourth line, third line guys for us. Because No, I don't think so. I really believe that. <laughs> no, I really, I really don't. I, I, I Come don't on, like and if I'm they turned the first line, a first overall winger into like a third line checking forward until this year when Lafayette, when all these kids are now starting to figure it out, and also the playoffs, like that just doesn't happen. You don't have a first round overall. You don't have a first overall guy, a second overall guy, right? You know, like play like that. Have you seen he, them he, in the World Juniors and that they're different players? I mean, he was mis- he was mishandled, and we've slowed his development. True. But I also think that if he was the kind of player that was able to hit the league running, that we wouldn't have gotten in his way as much, too. I think some of it does fall on him. And part of the problem with Lafreniere, and it's actually the exact same problem with Leas Anderson, in my opinion, um, although Lafreniere is a completely different pedigree of player overall, it's the skating. Lafreniere so badly needs another step because that is a huge reason why he cannot create space and time for himself or join in on the rush, or break through on the rush. It's a huge, huge problem. And I, and I think that if we had drafted, you know, Velarde, if we had drafted, uh, uh, you know, Nick Suzuki or whatever instead, it, it's a totally different situation. I don't think we would have completely ruined Nick Suzuki's well, what development. Did, I, it wasn't this season, I think it was last offseason, is he got together with, like, uh, one of the best skating coaches in the world. And yeah. he, he brought, like, give a person like that to Lafreniere, like, it did wonders for Kako. Yeah, he's definitely Kako's got, not an he's elite definitely got skater, but like he's he's no, much but, better. But yeah, he got but he got that extra little step, and it allows him to make a lot more space for himself, and gives him that extra split second. I mean, it's not talking about getting into game breaking speed or anything about that, or you know, turning into you know Connor McDavid. It's not about that, but just being able to have that extra little step to give you a little extra time to be able to read the play, make that pass make the right move. Um, and that's what Lafayette is really missing in his game right now, in my opinion. On a, on a good note, maybe we can end the podcast on this. I just saw a meme, and I don't know if it's if it's real or not. Uh, my brother just showed it to me, and it was after Lafayette, after Chuba's goal tonight, he turned to Athanasiu and said, yeah. hey, do you want the puck? Yeah, it's amazing. I love that. I That is fucking awesome. I love that. All right. I do, yeah. and, and I and I hate dogging ever on Truba, so end it on a positive note. I love that he yeah, did exactly. That. I love that he. I love that he's. I love that he's scoring. Scoring a goal and being able to trash talk right back at it, and 
And honestly, even if his play has been, uh, you know, subpar, um, I do think him throwing his helmet and telling him to wake the F up, I think that was an actual turning point um, for this for team. Sure. And, and whether he's able to contribute as fully effectively on the ice, I think he is a leader. Um, and, and we've seen that. Sure. So, yeah, that was, it was great being able to see him throw a high-quality chirp like that at him. I loved it. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. All right, guys. Yep, it's late. Uh, I think we kind of wrapped up a lot here. Uh, sorry.